You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers Therapy. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave, and I'm feeling I'm feeling a little optimistic today, Dave, following the the uh, Packer game in Tampa on Sunday. We're recording this on a Monday, so it was yesterday for us. Um, there's upbeat reasons. Um, after the bye last year, Packers came out lost by 29 points. This year, just 28 point loss. That's so pro- progress is being made after the bye week. Yeah, that's that's fantastic way to look at it because it's not like we set back expectations at all. I mean, there is there's really very little to. I mean, we lost, but it's okay, right? This it's it's just one game. Like if they go fifteen and one, we'd still be happy. You, I, I I'm glad that you found it like another way to be optimistic about the season. It's in what uh, twenty seven years we'll we'll win a game out of the bye. Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's all it's going to take. That's all it's going to take. You know, they have been remarkably um, bad coming out of the bye uh, the last – well, it, and it's not just Lafleur. It kind of goes back the last couple of years of, of McCarthy as well. Yeah. But it seems like – and I, I didn't look back on this because we don't prepare for this podcast, but um, a lot of podcasts would have prepared and would have gone back to look. But it seems to me that – they used to be really good coming out of a bye, you know, when they had two weeks to self-scout and game plan for the next opponent and rest up. Um, I, th- I thought there was a time where they were really rolling under McCarthy when it, when it came to games out of the bye. Uh, hasn't been the case, though. They showed a graphic, I think, during the game where they're like one in five in the last six years coming out of the bye. I think, and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it is the reason it's it's they're zero and four. I think the last four buys, um, one of which I was looking through and I remembered one was the uh, the L.A. game where Ty Montgomery took the ball out of the end zone. Oh God! <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yeah. And uh, but the worst one I think because this I remember people kept thinking like, why do I have such an eerie feeling about this game? And I should have thought, oh, because we lost the last three games uh, coming out of the bye, so that's we have that pattern. But if you go back, they go back two more years before that, so we can say one in five, yeah. because of 2015. I tweeted this, and is, is that the Denver game? It's the Denver game, yeah. And we all kind of remember that because I didn't realize the Packers were like five and zero or six and. 0. I mean, they were like undefeated. I think they were six and zero. Yeah. Yeah, it was like they were really headed to a strong season. Had the bye. Denver wasn't that great, and Denver not only destroyed them. I looked at the schedule. They lost like the next. Few like three or four games after that because it I, and I remember us talking about it is that Denver like opened up the door to how you beat Green Bay and uh, it's kind of been the same way ever since I think like the way to play Aaron Rodgers for the last few years has been to put pressure to knock him down and uh, and then get him into that glass eyed look and then the game is over like and and that happened again here and I think of like and Dominican Sue knocking. 
Rodgers over and getting the penalty, but when it was deep in our own territory, like that's a great move. Like get him on the ground, get him, get him worried a little bit that you're coming. And uh, in fact, we should do a little bit against Tom Brady, like just get a cheap shot in there to make him make him think and not be so comfortable because that's how you beat the Packers. And I tell you, we've got a lot to talk about, but the play of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I think it all sort of we do well and we do terrible based on how he plays. And he had a terrible, terrible game yesterday. Well, the first quarter I, I thought was was really good for him. It's great. I mean, he is making plays on the run. They were converting third downs. Uh, you know, he did not look like a guy 36 years old. I mean, he he looked great. Um, and then he threw that pick six, and the wheels came off. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it was it was like he got he got stunned or hit on the head, whatever it was. And then the the next series, you know, he throws another interception. Both of those where, you know, he was going to 17 come hell or high water. And that's that's a problem. I mean, people have been saying, Packer fans have been saying for a while um, that, you know, when they don't have Devontae Adams, they, they seem to do better because they spread the ball around and he's not looking for one particular guy. And I think, aren't they like 8-0 without Devontae under uh, LaFleur? And this game, uh, you know, it really was obvious that you know Rodgers was was looking for him and that got him in trouble and after that second interception essentially giving him 14 points even though the second one wasn't a pick six uh it was what down to the two-yard line and they scored right. on the next play that that was really that just turned the game we've the talked game. many yep. times in this podcast a defensive touchdown it's what 80 percent of the time that the team you know getting the defensive touchdown wins the game well when they get two or in this case essentially two I mean, there was just no freaking way at that point uh, that the Bucks were going to lose that game. And even though it was only 14-10, it had the feeling as though the Packers were done at that point. And at the half, when it was 28-10, to um, there really didn't seem like there was a reason to watch the, the second half. They were, Tampa was going to get the ball coming out in the second half, and Green Bay looked just dead by the end of the first half. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. Their possessions are field goal, touchdown, interception for a touchdown, and another interception after that, then punt, punt, end of half, punt, 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 punt. I mean, it was just the whole second half. They ran three plays, nine plays, three plays, six plays, three plays. I mean, they they just completely collapsed. And I guess before we kind of really pick on Rodgers, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're right. After they went down 14 to 10, it felt like, um, I mean, these are humans, right? I mean, they're going to react to situations. Do you think that the team, I mean, certainly I'm sure there was like a huge letdown. I mean, they had been, they're four and all, they really haven't been behind that much all season. Now all of a sudden, you know, they're ahead 10, nothing. And now they're behind 14, 10 because your best guy just made two mistakes. And like, rather than rallying behind him, they kind of fell flat. Like they almost, it almost was like, well, if he can't play, what's the point? Or it just felt like the team just collapsed. Did you get that sense? Is it, there was any fight in the team, or did you feel like it just kind of just went away at fourteen ten? Yeah, I I did get that that sense, and I and I wasn't sure why I felt that way because this is a team that has shown that offensively they can move the ball. I mean, in the first quarter they moved the ball. They had like one hundred and forty four yards to three against uh, Tampa. I mean, they you know dominated that first quarter, and yet it only took 
a couple of misfortunes, the the couple of interceptions, and it and the whole tenor of the game changed. And at that point, I sort of got the feeling that if they didn't get a big play, and you know, like if they didn't get a turnover on defense, or if they couldn't find you know somebody downfield for a forty-yard gain. It, it was going to be over. I mean, they needed something to balance the scales, and they just they just didn't get it. And the longer it went, the more it just felt as though they they were in a rut and they could not get themselves out of it, which is so peculiar. When you know you you dominated that first quarter, you won that that first quarter. That it wasn't perfect, but they were getting done what had to get done. Once they got behind, though, or certainly even even before they got behind with the second interception. You know, was it any surprise the guy just kind of basically walked into the end zone for that for that touchdown? Right. They had they had no fight at all on either side of the ball. Um, I want to say was I know Brady wasn't sacked. I'm not even sure he was hit very often. You know, it, it was uh, it was it was pretty much tame for the whole team on both sides of the ball from that point on. Yeah, that's why I almost think like it's worth it to. I mean, not to put him out of the game, but like to, you know, a, a slightly late hit, a little bit of a late hit. I mean, I think when Sue and, and Rogers went jawing at each other, I don't think Rogers, he's too cerebral. He's not the Brett Favre who gets probably fired up, plays better. I think he, he's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to, he's got to defend himself. But I think he kind of, you know, then he starts, his mind starts to work. He's looking at his, hit the rushers. He's not looking downfield. He doesn't trust the system. I feel like it all kind of collapses on, but I will come back to him, but you know, the, the, you're right. The, the team at uh, down 10 to seven, they get in the two yard line and he just kind of walks in, which, you know, I, it's a two yard run. That's whatever it is. But then the Packers get the ball back and uh, you know, this is now going to be a fight and, and they got to show they can be resilient and come back. That next drive, I think if there was any fight left, really killed it. I don't know if you recall this. You'll remember when I tell you. But both these things happened right after they score. They go up 14-10. The first play out of the drive, Packers get the ball. They throw a nice deep ball, 23 yards to uh, Aaron Jones. And it's a first down, like, good. All right, let's let's go. And it turns out it's reversed on the – I don't know. if was it cha- – I guess it was challenged. And yes, he, he bobbled it and dropped it, right? So – it's like, oh, all right, so now it's second and 10. And at second and 10, they throw a deep ball down the middle to Mercedes Lewis. He is He's wide open. Wide and open. And, yep, I know. I think at that, and then third down, it was probably, I don't know what that play was. It was an incomplete, yeah. probably was a lot of pressure. I think at that point, as they go the sidelines, we're down 14-10. Within one score, we just go three and out on two missed opportunities. I think the team just died right at that point. And, I mean, the rest of it was just not even worth watching. I and that really concerns me. Why can't the team, you know, rally around with some adversity? Is is this team only, you know, like and now I hear they didn't practice that well because they're thinking they're they're so good on offense and things like that. Like, what's going on with this team? Well, can you imagine how the game would have changed after that second interception and they tackle the guy at the two yard line if the defense holds him to a field goal there? Can you imagine how the game would have changed even with just that? You know, yeah, sure, it was the two-yard line, and they, they allowed him to walk in. If they can stiffen, I think that, even that would have changed the game around, and not just the four points, just the way the team felt. They would have had some some fire, some spunk, you know, something would have been been there for them. But instead, they just rolled over, 
and I don't know how long this has been going on with the Packers. It, it, they used to be it used to seem like they were more resilient that they could, you know, that they could get, uh, you know, they could get knocked down, but they could get up again. I think that was jump, uh, jumbo, uh, jumbo, whatever the hell that was. <laughs> that song, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, but they, they are kind of the opposite of that, that they're great, you know, playing from a lead. Um, but you jab them in the face, you know, and yeah. they get kind of stunned. And I, you know, it's hard to read too much in, or actually say it's easy to read too much into this, but this is a team uh, on offense. It's been terrific. I mean, the, the motion and the deception, we've been talking about how, how great it is to see all these things happening. Those are all finesse things. Um, they're not a physical football team, certainly on offense, but on defense, I don't know that they're necessarily very physical either. I mean, they're kind of a bend but don't break kind of team. They've not been getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback this season. I'm wondering if, you know, the character of this team is a more of a finesse. And when they come up against teams that are physical and Tampa Bay certainly was physical. I mean, this was a testimony to me of, you know, Billy's and Joe's beating X's and O's. Uh, they, they just asserted their will against the Packers and, you know, it took a couple of pieces of adversity, and Green Bay just kind of seemed like they they turtled. I mean, yeah, they for, rolled over for like a cheap paper bag. I, I I do. I feel, and you know, maybe there's a learning experience. I don't know if you could say, look, you know, this is every year. You know, this team is really young. You know, you look at who's on offense, and it's a lot of young young players on defense too. I mean, they they spent a lot on draft picks, and so I mean, when you look at your leaders, I guess you'd say Rodgers on offense. Uh, Zadarius Smith, the Smith brothers, probably on defense, but I don't really know if I blame the defense for this loss at all. No, but no. you know, there's not like there's you know this this lineup has up and down, you know, leaders that might be able. There's no you know kind of Reggie White that can maybe talk some guys up. It, it, this is you know a relatively young team, but you know I, I I guess you know they do they are a finesse team. You're right, and I, I think that scheming on offense and defensively they really play better with the lead and. Um, all that kind of stuff, but it it does. It it makes me feel that, regardless of how they're situated and how big they are, you know, it's it's clear that Tampa had a bunch of really fast guys on, on defense and really mean guys up front and all that kind of stuff. But still, mentally, it doesn't. If you're if you play kind of a soft version of football, it doesn't mean you have to be soft mentally. And I I, I think that they just seem really soft mentally. And I just wonder it's when the, the team sees Rogers. Kind of get into that glassy-eyed. I, you know, I don't know what his body language is on the sidelines if he's what is happening, but I feel like they, you know, is he smiling? He's doing well. Everyone is is flying around the football, and it's great. But when he gets into that mode, then they shut down. You know, I'm not sure if he was stunned or glassy-eyed uh, emotionally, but the guy was getting hit a lot, and he was he was sacked four times. That wasn't the sacks. I mean, he was hit. Was it a dozen times during the game? Uh, yeah. Well, he took a so, huge shot, and maybe yeah. that was maybe the beginning of the end too. That uh, right before the touchdown that they scored, he took a big shot in the end zone, and right. uh, well, yeah, I don't oh, know if that starts right. to be like right. uh, I don't want to get hit again. Like, ooh, that guy's getting close, uh, and then it starts to snowball on him. But he took a big shot, um, you know, when we had the lead too. Well, physically, I mean, he he may have been dazed physically, and that's 
you know, I mean, literally glassy eyed and not just emotionally glassy eyed. Right. And that's what that's what makes me, um, you know, wonder. Uh, you're right. When he well, I guess it actually wasn't a touchdown. His knee was down. But when he went into the end zone and he was hit, um, it did appear as though, um, you know, that was a bigger shot. I know he got up and he did the key and peel thing and, you know, OK, uh, but he took a big shot there. And then he was hit repeatedly, uh, you know, even when he wasn't sacked. And so I'm just, you know, he may have been a little, you know, physically punch drunk just from getting hit all the time. And, and that probably has an effect on, and I don't think that's an age thing. I, I think anybody, when you're getting, getting hit that often, uh, it's going to have an effect on your ability to, you know, focus and concentrate. And also your willingness to want to get rid of the ball when you can. Uh, maybe maybe the old mental processor isn't working as fast either because it's it's been jarred a couple times with a hammer, you know. So I I guess I'm willing to um, not just chalk it up to emotional uh, ennui. <laughs> I think there might be some physical component to this where Rodgers and the whole Packer team really I think was 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 punched in the face, and I don't think any of them really responded well to it. Well, maybe AJ Dillon. He'd maybe be the only guy. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see a little bit more of a of AJ Dillon, but um, yeah. I mean, this game. Uh, I, like, how angry did you get as you watched this game? Because it, it was up there for me. I mean, this is not a 2014 level of anger, but it's such a tease. You know, here's a team that it was four and zero. Doing great on offense. They start the game looking really good. It feels like this is going to be a fun game to watch, and at least it'll be competitive. And then not only did it turn, but then it seemed like all the things that made me happy, the first four games, the offense, the movement, the throwing it to new guys, Shepard and Tanyan, and like, you know, all of that, all of a sudden reverted all the way back to 2019. I felt like I just went through a big time warp, went back where Rodgers is holding the ball, he's trying to force it into Devonte Adams. Like, what? I thought we, I thought we got away from that. And what, what do you think about that? Because, like, I don't even recall, you know, them doing any kind of motion or, or any. There was a lot of stationary stuff. I noticed the same thing. Why? Now, people, well, people, you know, the analysis after the game was that they didn't have Tyler Irvin, and he's the guy that, you know, does that that orbit motion or that jet motion and the different stuff that he does. Now, not that they give the ball to him all the time, but he's the guy that does that. And I'm thinking, again, I don't understand the nuances of, of this, but, you know, why can't other guys of do that course. sort of thing? Yes. You know I mean? That, right. that, that was surprising to me how, how fixed they were, and they just did not seem to be doing what they were doing so well before. Now, I know last week we talked that – you know, every week the team's a little bit different. Uh, there's there different guys get featured. Some weeks they run effectively. Some weeks they pass. There's motion. You know, maybe this week, you know, well, we're not going to do as much motion this week. They prepared for motion, so we're going to go from a lot more stationary positions. I I don't I don't know if that's the mindset, or if it was because they they didn't have Irvin and he's so important to that movement. But damn, I mean, it was. They looked really different on offense without the motion, and the motion seemed to be what really worked for them. It's opened up a lot of the ground game in the middle. When they would draw people to the edges, then they were able to run more effectively up the middle, and they just didn't do much of that this time. I haven't seen any stats, 
uh, you sent some last week to me that showed how many times you know they were using motion, how affected they have been. I'd like to see stats this time. Yeah. Uh, how many of offensive plays, you know, were using motion? Uh, they also seem to be a lot more out of the shotgun uh, this game too, which I think they did that less, or or they do it less with uh, Lafleur than they did with um, McCarthy. So they they did not look like the same schematically that they had the first four games. And to answer your initial question, I wasn't angry so much as I was confused, perplexed, nonplussed, um, <laughs> because it happened so quick. You didn't allow yourself to get too angry. You just you stopped well, at nonplussed. I was, I, was, I, I, I was too baffled. I mean, the first quarter looked like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't as smooth. They weren't as effective on first or second down. But on third down, they were converting. They were moving the ball. They were up 10 nothing, And I guess I got a little comfortable and complacent. Like, yep, well, this is the team that we've seen. And I'm, I know what's going to happen here. They're going to they're gonna score, you know, 31 points. And, and they're going to win 31-28. And, you know, and we'll move on to Houston. Right. Uh, but that's – and then when it turned, it just turned so quick. You know, usually there's – you know, the old saying, you know, it happens gradually and then all at once. Well, there was no gradually. I mean, yeah. things went from working acceptably to not working at all for the rest of the game. It was like, a, you know, the, some somebody pulled the, the power pack, you know, like on Lost in Space with the robot, you know, and they yeah. pull the power pack and it, it leans over, you know, and that's kind of what happened. Somebody pulled the power pack and the Packers <clears throat> bent over, you might say. Well, and I understand. So let's say um, I really would like to have someone explain it to me. But let's say, you know, Tampa Bay came out playing man to man defense. This is I have not seen any of the all 22 or but I do know at the beginning of the game, they had a bunch of crossing patterns that were wide open. And they were just like, this is great. You know, MVS across the middle, Devante yeah. across the middle. Like, well, that's what's going to they're going to, you know, they bunch bunch left or bunch right. And you got guys crossing and and you know, they can't keep up with our fast guys. So we just, you know, just think and dunk this tight down the field. And then, but then to Tampa Bay say, all right, we got to switch to zone. And then did we respond by then saying, we're going to start to throw the ball down the field where Rogers has got to hold the ball a lot and try to get around pressure and like do all the things that look so awful last year. Like, like so, because now if that's true, then we play Chicago twice. Who's got a good defense? They're going to play the exact same way as Tampa, I'm sure. You know, and everyone else, Houston. You know, name them all off. We play San Francisco again. You know, they're all going to play the same way that uh, um, that the team we just played, uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa just Bay, played. yes. <laughs> I got right in front of me. Um, you know, they're all going to play that same way. And if we can't, re if our response is, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play no motion. We're just going to Rodgers, you know, let's wait for him, especially Devontae. Devontae is our first option. Watch him, yeah. stare him down. And if he doesn't get open, they may run around and see who's open. That's that's how we're going to respond to the defense now. Well, guess what? Then now I wonder if, we, if we'll go 4-12 and 12 because I, I feel we are very <laughs> vulnerable if that's the way we're going to play. Like there's got to be a response to okay they're going to do a zone or soft zone or whatever it is and we're going to bring pressure. How are we going to respond to that defense? Because that's the defense we're going to see week after week after week. There, there's not going to be this idea that you can't blitz Rodgers; he'll burn you. It's going to be get after Rodgers and you hit him, and that's how you're going to win. Lafleur has got to respond to that, and Rodgers has got to stick to the game plan in order for that to be effective. I, I, 
I just think that, and maybe it's better we saw this with the personnel we have now and get this game out of the way so that we can get it on film and prepare for it when we play Chicago or whoever else. But um, I, I guess I, I need someone to explain to me what caused this game to completely collapse. You know, why did I mean, do you ever recall them having, you know, the bunch sort of right kind of formation? Which always seems pretty oh, yeah. successful. Or do you you, you think so, they did run some of that toward oh, the end yeah. of the game? I I they ran that quite a bit. Uh, you, with those you know with the three guys kind of in the in the triangle shape. You know, right. yeah. I mean they did that uh, regularly. But the thing was they they were doing it sort of static. You know, I mean it was it was they were not using it with motion. They just would come out and show that. Uh, the other thing was that uh, Tampa was just, you know, more physical. They were fighting through some of that stuff because a lot of what they do is, you know, uh, a, a couple of those guys will get in the way of other guys and then they'll rub off and somebody becomes open. Well, Tampa was having none of that. Yeah, you know, I heard. They, yeah, just, so they had they a guy just like jump yeah. right in. Right. And I was almost picked off like early in the game. It happened. Right. And yeah. I get that. So, OK, you know, what? we do that. They're going to jump it. Um, so is is what they're giving you is just then stuff over the top. Like they're going to really press you. They're going to put pressure on Rogers uh, is, is the answer. You got to throw the ball down the field and we can't do that because, you know, if you take away Adams, we don't have any other receivers that you can trust to throw down the field. Well, like, I think, I think the reason they couldn't throw down the field is because their offensive line was, was getting handled. I mean, they, there was, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of blitzes put on. They had very good active inside linebackers for Tampa. And after Bakhtiari got hurt in particular, yeah, well, I mean, it was over know, by then anyway. Richard, Richard Wagner was on the flight of the Valkyries, man. He was, <laughs> he looked, in fact, Richard Wagner would have been an upgrade over Rick Wagner, I think, at left tackle. The guy, um, well, in fairness to him, he's a right tackle. I mean, that's what he does. I kind of thought what they would do was that they would, you know, kick out Jenkins to play left tackle. And, you know, they would maybe move over Lucas Patrick to left guard, and they would bring in Runyon to play right guard. But again, that's a lot of guys moving around on the line. And so they decided to do a one-for-one, one, bring in the veteran, let him play left tackle. But that's not his position. And it showed. I mean, he was, he was not good. And also the speed of the rush. Uh, Jamal Williams is usually a really solid you know, blitz pickup. Yeah, guy. he got laid a couple times. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I think that was because they were very quick. Tampa was very quick, but also very physical. And and I and I really think, and I, I wrote this, uh, I, think, I think it was uh, our, our guy Chris, who he, he's in Scottsdale now, I think, right? Is that where Chris, he was in L.A., but he's in, well, wherever he is now, wherever Chris is now, he writes to us after every game. And, you know, that was my comment to him is, you know, this wasn't a deal where they got, out coached in terms of scheme, I just think they got beat because their personnel, you know, wasn't physically able to handle the other team's personnel. And I, I'm not saying the Packers are necessarily soft. I'm saying that in this particular game, I don't think they were ready for the kind of physical play that they got from Tampa. Um, but I'm going to pay attention to that as we go forward here and see if, you know, the the Packers can go toe-to-toe with a physical team. Uh, they're coming up against the game with the Bears, two games against the Bears. Bears are 5-1. and one. They're in first place. It's not pretty, but hey, 
you know, Chicago is a physical team, and they might not be a good matchup for Green Bay. And well, it I'm depends. Actually, yep, I'm sorry, go. Right. Well, I, I, you know, I get I get some of what you're saying. So, you know, Tampa Bay's defense is good. Like, right. And, and we knew and I, I didn't know this until I heard some of the previews, but they're like the number one team uh, run defense. And you could see why their middle linebackers are so fast that the tosses out to the left and right weren't working. So, you know, but what you do is you don't you have to recognize, OK, so this is where their strength is. Maybe that's not where our strength is. Maybe we should stop running the ball, you know, where the linebackers are, are able to roam free and knock our, our guys out. Um, so I, and, and I thought, you know, from a run perspective, I guess with the stats, uh, we didn't run that much because we got behind, but, um, you know, we had a couple of successful runs. AJ Dillon had a 20 yarder, uh, Jamal Williams had a 25, um, average for Aaron Jones was pretty weak, but the question I have is, is for in the passing game. I mean, it's true that their, their front, four was getting pressure on us, but it wasn't just their four. They were blitzing, right? I felt they were, yep. and out of the first yep. interception, there was a blitzer coming. It was kind of a delayed blitz, and he was coming around, and I don't know if Rogers saw him in the corner of his eye, and he's like, you know, i got to get rid of this before I get plastered, um, and then he forced it to Devontae Adams. But, you know, if what is there's got to be an offensive response to a team that is going to blitz you and maybe take away a lot of the short stuff. And, and maybe it's it's over the top. Because if Devontae on that play runs down the field on a go route, he's going to be open. Because that guy was sitting on that on that route, and then he ended up picking off and scored. Where if I think if Devontae stutters and goes, he's going to be open. So are they just not trusting that part of the offense? Because if... If if you're if that's what they're going to give you and you don't take it, then you're at a disadvantage. You know that's that's right. De- Tampa Bay's defense is meaner and tougher than our guys, but that means you can't get into a a fist fight with them. Like you've got to then do something else. You 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 have to figure out what the response is. And we didn't do it twice against the 49ers. We didn't do it against San Diego, and now we've got this game. Like somehow, a team that puts pressure on Rodgers, we seem to not only lose but we completely collapse. And I just feel like it's something that the offense is missing. Something either – it's they're just so much better than our offense. I, I, can't, I can't believe that. I think there's got to be something. Either Rodgers isn't executing something that they want to do or they're not willing to call plays that the defense is, is giving you because, I don't know, they high risk you know, down the field. is. I mean, you saw Mercedes Lewis was open down the field. Um MVS at times was open, but he's, I mean, that guy's kind of useless. I, I, I'm sorry. He he just is there. He's fast, but he's not, he's not, he's not making an impact on the game at all. So is, is it the, we just don't have the people to execute what needs to happen? Because I guess I'm going to have, if, if there's some reason that we're not able to, to play against the way the defense is playing against us, then we actually just expect losses, you know, more often than not, because that's the kind of defense we're going to be getting, even if they're not as talented as Tampa, um, you know, we're going to struggle a lot more than we have because that's how teams are going to play us. I, I don't think it's a matter of talent and I don't think it's a matter of scheme. I, I just think this was a case of a more physically, not just able, not just physically able, but mentally tough team that plays tough. Um, I think scheme is great. But if you are physically going to overrun somebody, it doesn't matter what kind of play design you have if guys are just going to run through 
the formation and the blocks and going to be all over you before you can even react to it. But Chris, I, don't, I don't think there's any scheming around that. Even if you and I were made coach of the Packers tomorrow and we watched the game play and we saw that this defense is putting way too much pressure on offensive line, that somehow our answer would be we've got to call plays that Rodgers holds the ball forever. Like there's got to be like I don't care if we go three and out because we th- we threw three passes for two yards. I, that's better than holding on to it and letting him getting just crushed. Like, get rid of the ball. Like, there's got to be plays where you get rid of the ball. I mean, even if it's a deep route, if they're if you're bringing seven, someone's one-on-one, and I don't care if it's EQ. Like, he has a job. you got to throw it up to him and hopefully makes a play. If he does make a play, well, at least we did the right thing. We, we took what the defense was giving us. We can't hold the ball forever and then say – well, you know, what are you going to do? The defense is just tougher than we are. Uh, that makes no sense well, to me. Yeah, but the defense, though, can disrupt what the offense is trying to do. And you don't have to disrupt it with scheme. You can disrupt it the way that Wayne Simmons did, you know, in that in that game at San Francisco after the 95 season where he just you know beat the living shit out of, you know, the tight end for the 49ers. And they just never got a chance to get that guy off the line of scrimmage. And I think that's a little bit of what happened to the Packers is that they maybe wanted to do a lot of things. They weren't able to do it, not just because of pass rush, but because of what they were doing on the corners and the physical way that they were disrupting what the Packers wanted to do in terms of scheme. So, I, you know, I'm, not every team's going to be able to do that. A lot of teams are going to want to do that. But not everyone's going to have the personnel to be able to do that. I, I don't know what Houston has. I do know they have, you know, J.J. Watt, which could be an enormous problem against the Packers offensive line, but it takes more than one guy. And they had several guys that were just able to be scheme busters because they disrupted everything the Packers were trying to do. And they did it with just being physically in the way of guys trying to do these rubs and guys trying to move here. And so if you get everyone coordinated, you get a pass rush combined with physical play on the outside, some of those quick hitters aren't going to be there. And I think, you know, Rogers saw that, right? He he would he looked for a guy wasn't there because somebody was disrupting something, and so he had to hold it and wait for somebody to come open. Well, by the time he did, he was he was down. He was he was getting pressured. So yeah. I I really think they were a victim of physical disruption uh, by Tampa Bay. They, this was just a bad matchup for Green Bay. But I don't think that means they're going to lose the next you know uh, eleven games. No, like, I, I don't either. Every team is not going to match up in the same way. But when they get, you know, if they get on the season, they make the playoffs. If they come up against a team that, you know, is going to be like San Francisco, another physical defense. You know, look, let's look at who the Packers have lost to under LaFleur. They've lost twice to San Francisco. They've lost uh, now once to Tampa. They lost to uh, the Chargers. Yeah. And who else? They lost to somebody else. Uh, the Eagles. That, the okay. Eagles game was, and that was a joke, because that was a pass interference in the end zone. Yeah. But that was, yeah. But that, you know. now that's a game that they probably should have won. Yeah. I don't, I don't honestly recall uh, what happened in the uh, in the uh, Los Angeles. It's not San Diego. I always want to call them that too. I know the Chargers. In, well, it was in the Chargers it was, game. I it don't was remember the same thing as this. We got we got blown. It might have been thirty eight ten. We got blown out because they had two really good pass rushers. Yeah, he was forced oh, the ball right. to Devontae. That's right. That's and right. It was like, yep. remember, we kept talking yep. and joking yep. about yep. 
time zones and stuff like that that they yeah. that was yeah. the first trip to California too. <laughs> we were like, ah, oh, they're all out the that's, night before. That's right. Stuff. And their and their clocks were goofed up. Yeah, of course. Right. But but there we have an example of three of the four losses, you know, were against teams that beat them up. And I'm I'm these those I, I hate to be that old guy, but you know, the ninety six team, you know, was not a soft team. I mean, that was a hard team. I mean, they had a lot of tough guys, certainly on defense, but even on offense. You know, they they had maulers on the line, and they had you know t- the tight ends were physical. Um, I held their quarterback was physical. Uh, so, and I'll, you could say that too, actually, about the the 2010 team being you know pretty aggressive, pretty physical. Um, this team in last year's team. They've won a lot, but it's it's not a mauling kind of team. That's just that's not really the way they play. And so this is going to be something to watch when they go up against physical defenses. Are they going to be able to move the ball? And the reason I'm focusing on the offense is because their defense isn't good enough to win games. No, the, their defense is what it is. It's yeah. it's they they have they have guys that it's built to play. I mean, it's it does sound stupid, but they, they're all, they're built to play with a lead. I think they can rush the quarterback. They can cover, but when they have to, then also defend the run and uh, be physical, and you know, it's just not going to happen. Like that's uh, th- their defense can hold, you know, can hold teams maybe under thirty. We got to go out and score more than thirty. That's that's how we're going to win. That's just that's just the fact. So I don't get upset that Amos drops a ball or you know, um, Josh Jackson can't cover. Well, th- th- guess what? I mean, their defense is not that great. It's it's average, but they can do the job if we play with lead everything depends on the offense right that's why it's so right. tired of spending all these draft picks and everything on the defense because we don't seem to improve we're just shuffling guys in and out and our offense doesn't have any stars you know to help us score points and uh we should take a break i do um well i think I, we need to take a break because you need to, to to take maybe one of those uh you know special pills you have for flying yeah because i'm, 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 I'm really concerned it. about your blood pressure here. Ah, i'm so i'm so ticked about this game it's yeah. the same. You, know, you talk about well, you know they're gonna they who they lost to de- defense that are good. Well, guess what? Good teams have good defenses. So are we just gonna beat the you know the 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 bottom half or the maybe the maybe the be the best about the middle half of the teams? And every year we're gonna if you got a good defense and you're physical up front, then you know we'll just kind of ship it in. There's got to be a strategy for against teams like this. Well, there's, you know, there's a weakness on this team on this defense. <laughs> the the strategy is when you get punched in the mouth, you punch them back, and that's that is not. I don't think that's true. That's that's not a part of what this team does. I mean, they, yeah, you know, they you know even their running game. You know, you think running game? Well, that's physical. Well, no, their running game is based on deception. It's right. it's not about you know plowing open holes in the middle of the line. It's no. about creating movement so that guys are out of position so you can run through those holes. They don't have, you know, maulers who are going to, you know, drive guys and knock them down. That just isn't the way this team is built and it's not the way they play. Now, they won 13 games last year and a playoff game. Uh, and right now they're four and one. I mean, there's been a lot of winning, Yeah. but I think, I think their, their success, Dave, is going to come down to what kind of matchups are they going to get in the postseason? I, I really think they're going to be a postseason team. I think they're going to win a, a lot of games going forward here. I, they're probably going to you know, win six, seven more games. They're going to make the postseason, but then it's going to depend on who they draw. And if they draw you know, a physical defensive opponent, I, I am not going to like their chances. Uh, not when they play like they played yesterday. If that's their strategy, hold the ball, 
see what Devontae's doing, force it in there, <laughs> run around if he's not open, then you might as well, you know, just I, I, I'll tape that game because I don't want to watch that live. It just makes me too angry. But well, you know what doesn't make you okay. What what doesn't make you angry? Is oh, I know where you give going. us money. You know? Yes, thank you. When people give us money, that <laughs> makes that makes you happy. The it world, takes... the world's a good place. The world's a friendly place. It's a kind place, you know. And our and our buddy Pete Pete Colshorn, he's he's a good guy. And you know what he did, Dave? He went to PayPal, and he punched in Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com, and he said, you know what? I listen to this podcast. I follow these guys on Twitter. I'm going to give them some money. And you know what, Pete? Damned if you didn't do that, my friend. Thank you so much. We appreciate your generosity. And the same thing goes for John. Now, I'd like to pronounce John's last name. I really would because he deserves it. You know, I think I got he, it. Yeah. How do you say that? I think it's Piansky. P- Piansky? Are you sure? Yeah. Because there's an extra A in there. Is it? P-E-N? Are you sure it's in P? Pinansky, maybe, or, or no, Pinasky, maybe. He nasty? Yeah, that's John. Something. John B nasty. I think is who this <laughs> that's is. It. That's he. He's played defense. And he's back. yeah. See, we we can really use him. I think he might be not from this country because the amount is an odd amount. But we but we are happy. Odd amounts, even amounts. We don't care. Thank you, John. We appreciate that. And also, I have to go back because we had a bye week, and there's a couple that uh, we failed. To mention when we were talking about this, Logan. I don't think we mentioned Logan, right? L- Logan no. Robertson, uh, the Divinity. Uh, I think Divinity. I think he's a Divinity graduate, and I, th- and I think he's doing God's work in Denver. I do believe. Um, so he he's a very good man. I I, I correspond with him on uh, Twitter regularly, and he was kind enough, um, and uh, he's doing the kind of work you're not making a lot of money, but he peeled off a couple of bucks over at PayPal, as did Sean Scanlon. And thank you, Sean. That was a very nice um, gift that you made to Packers Therapy. The four of you, all men, uh, we do take money from women. Uh, just want to be clear on that point. Uh, but uh, four guys, thank you very much for your generosity. If you want to join these people, if you want to be a divinity student like Logan, um, I think he actually has. I don't his, think that's how it works, his, but yeah, go ahead. I, I think he's got his MDiv or whatever they call that thing. But yeah. I, anyway, if you want to be like that, and I think this pretty much gets you on the fast track to heaven. I'm almost positive about. I'll have to check with Pastor Kevin on that, but I'm pretty sure you yeah. go to it's PayPal. In Revelation somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's in, in, in something about horsemen, and I don't <laughs> know. You know, horse. Something. Anyway, yeah. you go over to PayPal and it's Packers Therapy Yahoo.com. You join these people. You join the the four givers of the apocalypse. <laughs> Sean and Pete and Logan and John, you know, the, the new the, the new hip band from Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> the four the four lads who gave Chris and Dave a couple of bucks. We do appreciate that. Sincerely thank you much. And um, you know. I think now would be a good time for us to break so people can stop the podcast and go over to PayPal and throw us off a couple of bucks. We, we would appreciate that. All right. Uh, we're gonna, you know, there's much more to talk about. Uh, Dave gonna, is going to take some medicine to settle himself down. Yep. And then we're going we're, we're gonna to be back, uh, Chris and Dave, with more Packers therapy in just a bit. Back with more Packers therapy. Back with more Chris and Dave. Let's you know, break. You know, I'm just going to say uh, – you know, people. I, I think people had enough time to go to PayPal, and you know, Packers Therapy Yahoo.com went to PayPal. Bang! 
you know, through a couple bucks to Chris and Dave. Um, but Chris and Dave uh, took about 45 minutes, I think, in <laughs> that little break. And we <laughs> and planned our retirement. <laughs> we, we, sort of, we sort of caught up with each other a little bit on on things financial and things in the future. So um, I can tell you, a couple of years from now, Packers therapy could be a little more interesting, maybe even a little more often even. That's you know? very possible. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. If, at to, least one of your hosts may have more time, so you yeah. never know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm planning on getting fired from my job. So anyway, um, we were talking about the Packers. Um, just it was a nail biter. Uh, <laughs> well, I have something proposed to pose okay. to you about Aaron Rodgers because I feel like you know, we talk about the team giving up and offense and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But you know, I wonder. So the big question for me is, you know, what is going through Lafleur and and you know the 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 brass in Green Bay, what are they thinking? Because, you know, is it possible, as I've said before, you know, that they, they need to run when they face these teams, they have to play an offense that hopefully can, can offset what these defenses are doing to them. And maybe LaFleur has a plan that he'd like to run and Rogers doesn't run it. Like, just like, you know, when Favre was in his later, uh, his last year, and his particular last game, I think the, I guess the thought is that he couldn't play in cold weather anymore. Is that the, yeah. well, you know, kind of the, you, you the remember theory? how he looked in that in that Giants game, the yeah. last game he played for the Pack. I mean, that's a guy who clearly didn't want to be there. And earlier, the game at Chicago, the windy game in in Chicago, this was a guy who wanted no part of that stuff anymore. Yeah, and so you know, is it possible that they have you know Rogers, he's a great quarterback, and all week it's like ah, where are those people that said his his time is over? But, you know, they did go out and draft a quarterback in the first round. So is it possible that they think that they have an offense, they have the personnel, they have everything they have, but they have a quarterback who doesn't run what they want to do? Or if they, you know, as this game was going on, is LaFleur telling him, like, look, you know, this guy was open. You can't keep looking at Devontae all the time. Like, you know, there, it, it, this is another game where it kind of brings things to the surface. And and they say, like, look – He's not doing what we want to do. He does some of the things we want to do. Then he does some of the things he wants to do. And it's just breaking down. So what we're going to do, we're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Um, so, so They did so, do it. So there's something there other than just the future that made them feel like we need to do this now. And I just – I would love to know what's going on in the locker room or what's going on in their heads. Like how do they feel about this game? Do they feel like, ah, you know, Tampa Bay was just better, more physical. We need to man up and – you know, maybe do things different, but we'll get them next time. Um, or do they feel like, doggone it, here it is again. He he did exactly what we did against San Francisco, against San Diego. And, and he's all, he doesn't run the offense like we want him to. He doesn't get rid of the ball. He's not seeing open receivers. We need to think about moving on at some point. And I, obviously he's having a great year. He's had four out of five games he's played lights out. But I just wonder what, what LaFleur is thinking is, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was either way. I don't know if I have a judgment on it or not, but I just, I'd be so curious to know what they're thinking. Well, this is kind of the, the Rob Reichel, uh, tweet. Um, and also he was a guest on, uh, I think it was, uh, one of the Milwaukee, uh, radio stations. I think the fan, uh, where he basically said, and this is what he said in his sweep, if anybody needed a reminder why the Packers drafted Jordan Love, it came on Sunday. My story on Aaron Rodgers' latest stinker, 
in a big game is now at Forbes Sports. So I think that's what you're getting at here is why well, is, right? is suggesting that the Packers are displeased uh, with Rodgers. And in fact, what he said in the interview that I heard today was that the Packers say all the right things, but their actions tell a different story. Right. And the fact that they drafted Love uh, in the first round, moved up to get him, as a matter of fact, is an example that they're not, they're not really thrilled with Aaron Rodgers. And they're not specific because they're not publicly not saying what they don't like. But there's something, obviously, that gets them thinking about the future and preparing for the future. Um, now, Reichel um, has got – I know it's not a vendetta, uh, but he's not an Aaron Rodgers fan. And, no. Uh, and, and I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan either, but uh, I, I don't have an axe to grind with this guy. It seems like Reichel does for some reason, and he's been like this for a couple of years. Um, and I think this is just the latest installment of that. I mean, a week ago, Reichel's saying, oh, you know, he's the leading candidate for the MVP. And then like 12 days later, he's saying, well, this is an example of why they got Jordan Love. <laughs> I, the reason I think they got Jordan Love is because they happened to look at the back of Aaron Rodgers' football card and said, my God, the guy's 36 years old. Well, naturally, they're getting ready for the future. Why wouldn't you? He's been hurt twice. He's missed substantial time. He had that broken knee uh, you know, in that game against the Bears just starting out a couple of seasons ago and played injured. He's getting to the point where he's getting more and more brittle as time goes on. And just face it, you know, performance declines as time goes on. It made sense for the Packers to draft a guy now and let him grow into the system so you're not going to throw a guy out there who's not prepared and winds up being a bust because you had to go to him too soon. So I don't think drafting Love was necessarily an indictment on Aaron Rodgers now. It was rather an example of here's a guy, the kind of guy that we want, who was not going to be there in a couple of years when we need him. So we'll get him now. We'll bite the bullet. We'll have him sit for a couple of seasons. But it wouldn't surprise me if by you know, 2022, he's the guy. But that means he will have sat behind Rodgers for a couple of years, the way Rodgers sat behind Favre. I think it, it makes a lot of sense to do what they do. And I don't think it's an example that Rodgers is, is doing something in these losses that makes it the reason why they're losing by four touchdowns. I don't, I don't think that's the case, Dave. Um, I think it's more complex than Rodgers at this point. I think there's a lot more factors that go into it. Now, he's the quarterback, and you're not going to win a lot with a 35.4 passer rating. That, that's, just, that's, that's not going to win you a lot of games. And he's probably not the guy that he was in 2011 and 2014. I think that, that ship has sailed. But we saw the first four games, he can still be highly effective, and he didn't, over the bye week, he didn't forget how to be that guy. I just don't think things were available for him at, at Tampa. I just, and I don't think it's Tampa Stadium. I know he's played crappy there. I don't think really that was has. the problem. Yeah. yeah, well, and also, the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. <laughs> well, so, yeah. so, so wouldn't you know it, right? The Packers win the NFC Championship, and they have to go to Tampa, and Rodgers throws up another 35.4 passer rating in the, in the Super Bowl. That's probably the way it's going to go. Uh, so anyway, I just I, my my point is that I don't think that it's it's this is all on, you know, it's Aaron like doing 
dumb shit again. I think it's the, the offense broke down against the defense that took away their game. Well, you might be right. And, and just as you think that that's true and, you know, you have your, your thoughts behind that, we don't know. We don't know if that's no. true. And, the, and, and it is absurd to think if their thought process is we got to get Jordan Love now because two years from now we're not going to get the guy that we want. Who knows who's coming out of college as a quarterback two years well, from now? That is they, that, well, they know, right? I mean, they track these things. They know yeah, who's going to be available in the draft two years from now. I, but still, I mean, so they, they don't plan that there any growth, you know, with any of the quarterbacks that are freshmen, sophomores now or people that might come out early. I mean, how they could predict that. And, and the other thing is, how many teams do you know use their first round pick on a quarterback because they have a quarterback and that they, it, you know, that's fine, but they're going to draft him one number one and let him sit for two or three years. And then, you know, maybe at that point he'll be ready. That's rarely done. I, I maybe I'm missing a few, but normally it is. Right, our guy yeah. is retiring. We need a quarterback. We use right. our first or second, and we get that guy right now. We don't. We don't get it early. We get it done. I mean, and now the Packers did that with Rodgers because of kind of an unusual circumstance. Do you really think that they think all right, Rodgers is still excellent player, high level? We'll have him for another three, four, five years. Let's get Jordan Love now and really let him develop. I. I mean. So they, I guess they're a team of one that does that. Yeah. And so you I mean, don't give any possibility that they are like, you know, we're going to do it now because we need to move on this sooner than later. And we're not going to say it because it'll destroy the team. And, uh, you know, it's certainly possible that Rogers could have good games, but one, you know, he doesn't follow what I want to do. So if he does succeed, it kind of does in spite of what I want him to have happened. He's a, he, you know, whenever I talk to him, he argues with me constantly. I can't work with him. And, uh, you know, so there's all this friction because the fact remains they used a first round pick on a quarterback when they had all these other needs. And I just can't get away from that, that there's something else going on. And so when I see the shot in the sideline where the floor is talking to another coach under his mask, I wonder if it's like, I can't stand this. Like, this is driving me nuts. Or is it, you know, just normal stuff, and he's 100% behind Rodgers and all that stuff. Because you you can't take him saying it and say, see, they're, they're getting along. Of course he's going to be saying the right things in public. It, but what's going on in private, it really makes me wonder after games like this. Well, you know, if they really thought that uh, Aaron Rodgers was a problem, they wouldn't assign him to the big deal that they did. I mean, dude's making like $30 million, $33 million this year, next year. Uh, they what they would have done, and actually what I thought they should have done, was let him let his contract expire and franchised him if they wanted to keep him. I mean, yeah. they they easily right. could have easily could have done that. It would have been probably cheaper for them to do it that way. Right. Uh, and they didn't though. They they made a proactive decision to sign the guy to kind of negotiate against themselves, and they did this. So they they obviously like the guy still. Uh, and I think that they see in love a guy who's got all the talent in the world, but he's not ready to play. And so I think they saw an opportunity that, you know, we like the guy that we have, but we also know that he's declining and he's aging and he's going to age out. Uh, we can get a couple of years on him and then put the youngster in there and call it a day. You know, so I, I don't think it's out of the question that they – do this differently than a lot of teams. They also probably have done studies that show that most of the time, I mean, every once in a while, you'll get a young quarterback, you'll put him into play right away, and he will be Patrick Mahomes, you know, 
Um, but most of the time, uh, that doesn't happen. You put a guy in the game and, you know, he winds up being more like Baker Mayfield, you know, who has been okay, but, you know, there's been a lot of growing pains that go along with that as well. So I, I think that um, they maybe believe they have a way of doing things uh, that will allow them to have a seamless transition from one guy to the next. That's, that's my thinking because they got lucky with the drafting of Rodgers because of the weird circumstances. But sometimes when a weird thing happens, you learn from it and say, you know what? We can create this situation again for us in the future. I don't know on your job if you've ever had that happen where, you know, something has worked out lucky and you never would have done it that way. But now you, you see how it works and you decide to to do it again because it, you know, the circumstances played out in a way that were favorable. And maybe that because they've seen this work, they're willing to make that kind of investment. And I think they I think this was intentional because why else would they have given you know, Rogers, the contract that they did. Well, I, other than if the what happened last year was Lafleur's first year, they signed Rogers the contract before Lafleur's first year. They go through that year, they believe in Lafleur, and Lafleur is saying, "Look, I I am really struggling coaching this quarterback. Like he's not a coachable guy. I mean, you could you can see a scenario where Rogers is." maybe a difficult guy to coach at this point in his career, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, yeah. So that's maybe possible. Um, and I just feel the expense of, you know, and the luxury you would have of saying, look, I like the – Rodgers is great. We got him locked up. I think we're going to have four or five years. But let's 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 use a first-round pick on a quarterback and set ourselves up for the next 20 years. I 20 years, 10 years. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's possible that – what we're really seeing is 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 maybe something else, and uh, and I, I could see where the frustration would come from. Just like you know, I think we might have talked before and thought, you know, is is Favre done? And we might have talked ourselves out of it because you know he's still very effective. They win a lot of games, but that wasn't what they were thinking behind the scenes, and that all came out after the fact. That could be happening now. This could be a frustration that they're having, and you know, I think if. If we see any cracks, is that the Packers lose again, and you see the floor slam like his his play card down, or you know you start to see cracks with the floor. I I, I haven't seen any of that yet, but if that does happen, maybe that's something that's going to be a change in the future. Um, I but I just I just keep coming back to why the Packers offense, you know, when they face a team like Tampa or San Francisco last year, that they sort of crawl into a hole and are so ineffective. And I, I, I'm hoping that as we play good teams with good defenses that we might not win the games, but I want to see Rodgers throw the ball in rhythm and, and even if they're incomplete or intercepted or whatever, because EQ can't get open, whatever, just but don't hold the ball and get sacked and get pummeled like that. Like, give yourself a fighting chance. Throw it in there and see if another player can make a play. Um, well, he was doing that effectively, you know, the first four games. I, I, I don't think he got up in the morning and said, you know, I think I'm going to play like I used to play. I no, you know, I, but he might have been hit twice and said, you know what, I, I might, I, I'm going to start to change, um, because it did change. Like, it, yeah. Well, it, right. It, he, it, it did because stupid. the other team was a factor. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know why. You know, if you're going to you're going to blitz that the answer is 
is hold the ball. I, I, I don't know. I guess we talked about enough. I, I'm just super frustrated by this game. Uh, it does make me, it kind of took the, the, the fire out of the season. I thought we have found a new way to play offense. It's the LaFleur offense with Rogers buying in. It's beautiful. In a one game, I feel like it was destroyed for me. Like I just saw last year again. And like, uh, and how did that happen? And, I, I think, you know, we have a game coming up against Houston, and I'm looking at the stats that Houston has. I don't know what kind of defense they have. They gave up 42 points to Tennessee. Um, but Deshaun Watson threw for four touchdowns, had a quarterback rating of about 140. We're, we're going to have a tough game this coming week, too. Deshaun Watson's a great player. I mean, I, he's fantastic. Now, I know he can make big errors, but he's also the kind of guy that can really deliver. He's well, well, we'll talk about that when we get to the betting lines in the next podcast. But yeah, I, I, I think that they got off to a bad start in Houston, but I think they're a better team than their record suggests. So we'll leave, we'll, we'll leave that there. I do want to talk a little about the defense though, before we leave yeah. this game. And, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I am all in the tank for Chris Barnes. I, am I, too. Yeah, I, li- I like this yeah. guy, you know, and I, I'm really going to be interested to see what happens when they get uh, Martin back and those two guys can play side by side, um, I'm, I'm going to like their inside linebackers. Uh, I think I'm going to like them quite a bit. Now, I don't remember Martin from his days at Minnesota, but everything you read about the guy, uh, what he was doing in practice, that he was, looked like he was going to be a starter, um, assuming his injury won't linger and he'll be able to play the level he played in, in the training camp, um, they could be, you know, have a couple of real potent players on the inside there. So I, um, I, I just want to, you know, let people know that they found a guy there. Um, they didn't draft him. Nobody drafted him. And I think that they got lucky. And this is a guy that plays downhill, probably has some limitations because obviously if he didn't, he would have been drafted, but there's a lot of upside. And I just get that, that Desmond Bishop feel there. Yeah. You know? I so, think, yeah. He, he seems, you know, what a great surprise. You know, if we had a drafted Chris Barnes in the second round and he played like this, I'd feel like this is kind of how a second round player should play. And the fact that we got him undrafted is 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 great. So I, I think he's got a real future with the Packers. Although he seems to be always hurt. Did he get hurt again this week? Um, yeah, don't don't I, I remember, I guess the Bakhtiari injury is the one that kind of. Yeah, <laughs> that yes. kind of is on my mind. Uh, but. If if he got hurt, I mean, he led the team in tackles. He had ten. The next closest was actually Josh Jackson uh, defended the run pretty well. He had six tackles. He had a big uh, just, yeah, a big tackle early to get to a know. third down. I thought you know hey, it would be great to see Josh Jackson come on, but I think by the end of the game, I don't think Gaywin's really high on his no. uh, stock at the moment. Well, I wonder. Is he would be a better safety? I think they maybe have tried him there, and I don't know if he. You know, because he, he seems like he's a guy that can tackle, um, but he doesn't doesn't cover that well, and that's yeah. a bad thing for a cornerback. Yeah, I think. But you, you know, need, you anyone know. on defense at this game? I mean, I'd like to see, like you know, Josh Josh the Great were up ten nothing. He made good tackles and things, and then when the wheels came off, you know, you throw a bomb and he gets a pass interference. I mean, I feel like at that point, you could have put anybody on the Packers on uh, you could have Alexander covering him. Like we were just going to get a pass interference at that point. It was just like the game was against us. So I don't know if I'm ready to just completely eject Josh Jackson because of that one play 
Um, I don't think he had a particularly great game, but um, you know, there's I want. All, Ke- there's Kevin a lot Keaton. of guys who are who are ready to to do exactly that. They want to eject the guy, and I, I yeah. don't, I, I think there's there, there's too much there to just you know let him go. I, I, I think he's valuable enough that I would try to, you know, put him in a different position than corner. Uh, because he, you know, has shown at times that he can play, and he was a second-round pick, so you want to give him every chance. Yeah, but you know, you go down this defense. I mean, it, no one had a good game, and there's a lot of people you could have a bad game. So, I mean, Ty Summers, I don't think played very well. Yeah. Uh, Amos dropped an interception that would have, mm-hmm. you know, maybe turned the tide a bit. You yeah. hardly saw Kenny Clark or the Smith brothers. Preston Smith hasn't made a play probably all year. Uh, Gary came back, but you know, he didn't put a lot of pressure and then got that big face mask. I mean, you kind of go on and on. I thought Raven green missed a tackle at one point. It, it, like it, when we're down and the offense is struggling, our defense is going to have a lot of losers. I think that's just like, that's just who it's going to be. If, if it's a, we're ahead or it's a tight game. I, I like some of our chances. I feel like we have some playmakers, but man, I just don't think you can judge anyone on defense when, the offense does interception, interception, punt, 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 punt. I mean, it just that the defense, you just have to, I think you give it all a pass for that week. And maybe that seems really contradictory. I'm not willing to give Aaron Rodgers a pass at all, but everyone on defense, I will. But I just have high, it's all about expectations. I expect Rodgers to be, you know, almost perfect. And, and it, when he runs it, it's beautiful. And when he doesn't, it looks so terrible. But uh, and I just have low expectations for our defense. Well, because I, I think I think that's fair, though, Dave. Because um, this is a team I think that's predicated on offense. You have a head coach who's an offensive uh, head coach. He's that's his orientation. And so if they're going to win, they're going to win on offense with a defense that's good enough to keep the other team from scoring more points than the offense. Uh, that's I, I don't think this is a, a, a team that was built to have a, you know, a shutdown defense. Now, if it could be, I'm sure they would be happy. They would embrace that. Uh, they would be delighted with that. But I don't, I don't think that's the way this team is constructed. I, I think they tried to, to you know, have a team that uh, is good enough on, on defense to support a plus offense. Yeah. And I, I think that's you know, why the expectations for defense are probably a little bit lower but I am what my my concern is that your guys, your your Smith brothers, who were so dominant last year, are so invisible this year. Yeah. Um, not well, as much as Darius. He only had one assisted tackle this past game. But you know he has five and a half sacks on the season. You know he has been something of a force. But Preston Smith has been, you know, milk carton worthy. Yeah, they always have him dropping back on pass protection and. I, I don't quite understand it. And I, I do think it's probably time, you know, I'm watching this defensive coordinator who, you know, I guess, you know, blitzing Rogers has its own risks certainly, but I think he said, we're down 10, nothing. And now it helped that they got uh, the, they got back as with the interceptions, but, you know, rather than say, let's play it safe. Let's just bend, don't break. I mean, this, he, he went after Rogers in our offensive yeah. line. Yeah. I would like to see defensive coordinator, even with our personnel, is to say, look, we're we're not going to just play it safe. We're gonna we're gonna go hit somebody. We're gonna go after the quarterback. Um, and if we can't generate with four, we'll do it with five. If we can't do it with five. We do it with six. I mean, I, when's the last time we've had a, a defensive coordinator like that? And I think 
you know, if our offense is clicking, we can afford to give up some big plays once in a while when you do that. But, um, you know, against uh, Chicago, wasn't that a big deal? Like uh, Brady was getting a lot of pressure from Chicago and got nothing from Green Bay. And there was a lot of there was a lot of three yard three men rushes, and there was one point there was a two man rush, and they still completed the pass or first down. It's I'm just I'm seriously wondering if we need to start turning on Patton. I I want to like Patton, but and I don't know what kind of uh, instruction he's getting from the head coach, but man, he seems very passive. Well, the the, the only thing that really jumped out to me is when they rushed three, uh, kind of in the red zone. I mean you know, their, their own red zone. And I, I, they were were playing coverage, obviously. And I thought that's usually something you would see on a, you know, midfield, you know, third and 20 or something like that. And yeah, I, I, that was, that was odd. I didn't really get that one in particular. Um, I, it's, it's hard for me to assess schematically what the guy, you know, is, is or is not doing as a defensive coordinator. Uh, but this is, you, you begin to wonder, because this is the second defensive coordinator in a row where there's been kind of a, a lackluster defense, and you're wondering if, if there are personnel issues there. And, well, you invested all these you know, high draft choices, and that's true, but maybe you're not drafting well when it comes to defensive talent. I mean, they, they seem to draft pretty well when it comes to offensive talent, you know, getting really good running backs in the, in the late rounds of the draft. I mean, that's fantastic. And the guys they drafted this year, we don't know about love, but you know, Dylan's going to be a player. And unfortunately, Degara is out, you know, for the season, but he looked like he could play a little bit and they don't have that problem. But when it comes to defense, I don't know, you know, Savage has been anything but Savage. Uh, He's been, you know, now granted, he's the second season. It took Nick Collins a couple of seasons to really find his feet, uh, but you know he doesn't look like a game changer. Now, Jair Alexander, you know he's a. I think he's a. He, he's the real deal. And Kevin King has been good when he's been available, but he wasn't available this time around. Right. Uh, but other than that, you you wind up with people like uh, Josh Jackson, who we had talked about already. Uh, I guess. Uh, Montrevious Adams, there was a sighting this game, so he's not a complete cipher, but he's not tremendous. Um, you got Kiki, who, you know, again, played pretty well this week. I think he had six tackles. But you're playing an undrafted guy on your line. You know, you're playing Lancaster, and he got hurt, unfortunately, uh, in, in Lowry. I mean, you give him a, a longer deal. He's a nice player, but not really a guy you want to count on. So they, they seem to have difficulty um, assessing uh, defensive talent, and I'm not exactly sure why that is, uh, why they, they don't seem to have guys that are really difference makers on defense, and they invest a lot, both in terms of money and draft choice, in those guys. Um, so I'm not sure it's schematic, uh, but maybe it would be a question not of scheme, but just of, me- of mentality, that we're, we're going to be a team that is going to rush more than four. We're going to do that 40% of the time. You know, maybe that just needs to have a, a mentality like that, that we're going we're gonna to be all out and we're not going to worry about, you know, gap fills against the run. We're, we're just going to go upfield. 
And if we get burned once in a while, we'll accept that as the price of doing business. Uh, that does not seem to be uh, what they are doing right now no. on defense. Uh, they, they seem to have a more conservative approach. Now, this perhaps will change, too. Maybe Preston Smith, when he doesn't have to be in coverage, when Martin comes back and can do more coverage, maybe Smith, Preston Smith is, is more of an outside force that gets him more involved in the pass rush and maybe creates opportunities for Zadarius on the other side. So maybe this injury to Martin is more significant in its ramifications. Whatever it is, this defense um, was playing good enough to support the offense um, it wasn't their fault they lost on Sunday, but there was nothing there that gave me the confidence that in a game when the offense isn't good, that the defense could, you know, keep them in the game. That just, right. you know, it's, I mean, that and just, we knew that. Yeah. We knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they did. I, I think, you know, to start the game, they, they forced two punts. We had the ball yep. up 10, nothing. You know, we go up 17, nothing. Um, you know, this game is completely different. So I think the defense was holding up their end of the bargain. But when the offense gives it away I, that yeah. it's just it's just over it's well, the defense i don't think can care unless we're playing a very very poor offensive team they allow 24 points and with this offense that that 24 points should, should be good stand. enough to win yeah right. yeah but the the offense gave up 14 points so okay then you then you then you got a problem you know right. so anyway well, i i think that about covers it it was a you know a uh a disappointing performance. Trash. Is, is that is is that too too light? I suppose. Yeah. Are you, are yeah. You, you still nonplussed, or you haven't uh, gotten angry at any point? No, I I guess part of it, Dave, is that this is the fifth game of the season, uh, and yeah. and and they played so well to this point that I guess I I still am confused because they played well for four games and one quarter, and then all of a sudden it changed, and it's like, how did that happen? How did that that switch get flipped when these weren't cheapies that they were in the first four games. I mean, those were solid ass kickings, you know? Um, and I guess I was just not ready for that. What's the Steve Miller song, uh, space cowboy. I, I guess you're not ready for that. I guess it wasn't ready for Yeah. I wasn't ready for that. And so I didn't know what to make of it. Now against Houston coming up, if we see more of this, then I might get angry. Uh, and my disappointment and confusion will will turn to anger because then I know that you know we were sucked in in those first four games. Yeah, that somehow, yeah, and and like in 2015, we lost to Denver and we were never really the same. Um, we, we lost a number of games right after that, and I just the wheels kind of came off, and we made the playoffs. I think that was, was the that year. Was, a, was that a that was a 10 and 16, right? I think that was ten, yeah, and is that where we lost to Arizona in the playoffs with the uh, Janice? Oh, I think I think that was yeah the overtime. Well, I guess that's all they play against Arizona in the yeah, postseason overtime games. Yeah, right. but I think that was the one with the hail mary to to you know Janice. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, that was a it was a season filled with disappointments. I mean, we won more than we lost, but it's still like I was well, kind of looking through that season. I was like, oh. There that was the ugly, Jordy Nelson didn't, didn't play that, that season, right? Yeah, that was uh, – yes, that's right. That was yeah. uh, just a really rough season. But, you know, can I, – I, we can maybe take something good away. We, we got kicked in the teeth. We saw how, you know, a team like that will play against us. And if LaFleur can kind of sit down with his offensive minds and say, here is how we're going to approach that, if that happens again, soft zone, lots of blitzes, this is what we call – I mean, it's like now it's on our court to respond. And if 
we have another game we're forcing into Devante and Rogers gets sacked five or four or five times and he's running around with the ball. Um, ah, it just will be so painful to watch. I, I'm really interested to see how they respond. I will too. And I, and I'm, I'm of the school that I've heard so many people, including my own son say, uh, this is a game. You just burn the film and you don't, you do, you just chalk it up and you move on. And, and I think I'd say, no, this, this is where I go back to the, to the Mike Sherman, uh, comment he made in his first season uh, where, no, I want them to see this film and I want them to be disappointed and I want to use this to show them, you know, this is what we're not going to do in the future. So I don't know if LaFleur is going to approach it that way, but I, I hope that they, they don't, you know, burn the film and they make them sit down and they watch it and they say, you know, this is the way we're not going to play anymore. And, and they, this is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and here, I, here's our this plan. This is a teaching moment. It's a teaching right. moment in my in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll uh, see. You know, they they got Houston uh, coming up. They play at Houston, so it'll be um, a second uh, road game in a warm climate in a row. Uh, let me see. That is going to be. It's a Fox game, so it's a noon start. It's a noon start Lambeau Field time. They'll be playing the Houston's in JJ Watt in uh, Texas. Noon on Sunday, uh, which means that we'll have plenty of time, uh, Dave, to do a podcast on Sunday evening. Huh? That'll, that'll be special. I'm looking forward to it. So make your plans for noon Sunday, Packers and Houston Texans. Dave is going to be watching either in Racine or in St. Louis. He'll have to flip a coin and decide where he's going to be. <laughs> I, w- I will be at the uh, estate in Plover, Wisconsin. Uh, you will be watching, I'm sure, wherever you are. And we'll be back uh, next week to tell you our feelings about the game. Until that time, I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And that's Packers there. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.